for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here for the 2023-24 season on Dime Dropper. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper for all things LA sports and, of course, NBA. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow your boy on social media at Twitter, Instagram, at Dime Dropper Pod. So, Lakers and Buns, man. Obviously, I don't really care who wins. But we got some serious conversations to be ha- to have right now, Laker Nation. It is not good. It is not good. First, I'm going to talk about, even though I don't want to, the Phoenix Suns side of things. Because let's just get them out the way. I don't like giving them much praise, so I'm going to do it here and get it over with. This is exactly the vision that the Suns had for this team when they put it together. Three guys that can give you buckets from all three levels that are extremely tough to guard one-on-one, that are amazing pull-up guys that you kind of need to blitz on screens. You know, you got to throw two guys at them. And when you do that, you put the team in a four-on-three situation. And the shooters, the role players for Phoenix, just haven't been good enough and are just not good enough. But when you have Bradley Beal on the floor, now you have Grayson Allen, who's leading the league in three-point percentage, along with Booker, KD, and Bradley Beal. So if, let's say, KD gets blitzed, and now you give the ball to Nurkic in the short roll, your options are Devin Booker and Bradley Beal and Grayson Allen. So that changes a lot. And you saw that the Lakers, whatever they threw, drop coverage, their point of attack guy wasn't good enough. Reeves, Max Christie... Vando Reddish. I mean, they all got cooked, but I will say there were a lot of moments in this game where the Laker players were in front and the Suns, I mean, it's Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal. Like, this is what they do. They hit contested shots. KD, to start the game, he was electric. And the fact that he was guarding LeBron basically the whole game and almost essentially matching his minutes with his, I I love that kind of determination. Because, what, the Lakers are 3-0 against the Suns this season? So, are they three and zero or two and zero? Somebody, one of my mods, check that out for me. But KD, he's very frequently on Twitter, and one of the big things that was being said after the last Laker win against the Suns, the Buns, was Le- KD needs to be on that Super Team Warriors. Okay, three and zero. Thank you, uh, Kyle. Three and zero against them this year, right? A lot of people were saying KD needs that Super Team Warriors to beat LeBron. And in this one, he was like, I'm going to clamp him up and sit in a chair. And besides a couple of nice passes, LeBron was pretty awful, in my opinion. His defense was ass. Some of his effort on rotations were non-existent. Just non-existent. No second effort in a lot of plays. Did he get... It's a, He still got five rebounds, but, I mean, he only played 24 minutes. I, I mean, that tells you how effective he really was he got a couple of assists he had four turnovers he couldn't make shots whether they be jump shots or going to the basket KD clamped him up like he he did there's no other way to put it 
it's one game, but let me just say this. There's been more and more games recently where LeBron James doesn't look as good as he did before the in-season tournament and during it. Everybody wanted to tell me that his foot was the reason why the, like, he didn't play as well as you might have expected in the playoffs. First of all, I thought he played really well, and his stats backed that up. Here's the thing about LeBron. He's 39. If he plays defense, high-effort defense, like he was in the playoffs last year, he might not have the legs to close games because he still is an on-ball creator that you want to have the ball in his hands. Is that so bad? Look, let's, let's be honest. Like, Just because he's the best 39-year-old that's ever played doesn't mean that he's... Like, he's already superhuman enough. You're asking a lot. So, but sometimes his effort is just terrible. His body language can be so bad when they get blown out. So, and then there's another thing to be said. Austin Reeves and Reggie Miller. There's a couple things Reggie Miller was doing in commentary tonight that was very annoying. He's gotten worse, man. He used to actually be decent in the late 2000s. But now it's just, it sounds, he sounds very, like, narrative pushing. He kept just... The LeBron, how good he is at his age stuff tonight was out of control. He wasn't playing well. I get it. He is an, a marvel. He wasn't playing well. KD's in year 17. We, he gave him one mention. He was playing great. I don't even like KD like that. <laughs> but he was hooping. And then Devin Booker, he was just cooking. Like He was destroying everybody that was guarding him. Mid-range fades. He would stop on a dime and pull up. Sometimes he would stop on a dime, pump fake. Lakers wouldn't even go for it, and he'd still make the shot. I mean, his ability to, and a lot of fouls on jump shooters, on those three guys from the Lakers. I think that that's a lack of discipline. But it's also, you have to contest hard because these guys are hitting shots with dudes draped all over them. And when they're all three hitting on the same night, it's going to be very tough to guard them. And here's an, a problem, right? Austin Reeves was getting destroyed on the court and in commentary. I mean, Reggie Miller, he was not holding back that Austin Reeves was getting cooked in this game. They were repeatedly putting him in the action, and the Lakers were conceding the switch. A lot of times it was cross-matched in transition where Austin Reeves just so happened to pick up somebody, and they went to that person, but they put him in the action a lot, and the Lakers conceded a lot of switches. And they, they got to stop doing this. Like, they got to... There has to be a certain level, and this is on Darvin Ham, actually, and I'm, I'm pretty... You know me, as a coach myself... At a, obviously, youth level, it's not a big deal. It's not even comparable. But I have sympathy to coaches, and I think that people can get on them a little too easily. So I've given him a pass to a large degree. But he consistently, or whoever the coaching staff is, everybody in the coaching staff, they let these mediocre to poor defenders guard elite players over and over again. I get you don't want to blitz or double a ball handler. But you have to do something different when guys are cooking you that bad. The problem is you throw two on the ball handler. Now, what did I say before? Grayson Allen, Booker, Beal, Nurkic is finishing. So you're going to have to score points to match this team. That gets us to the Lakers. The Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers. LeBron was garbage. Anthony Davis... There's a consistent theme, and it's been, I'd say, after the 2020 championship. In a lot of games the Lakers lose, even in games that Anthony Davis has a great first half, they completely go away from him in the second half. They just go Austin Reeves, LeBron, or LeBron, pick and roll with AD as the screener every time. Here's what the defense can do. They can put three 
defenders in that situation, right? On those two guys. They have somebody chasing LeBron over the screen. The big man steps up to take away LeBron's line line drive to the basket. And then you have someone tag AD on the roll, right? Leaving the corner shooters open. The Suns and every team that plays the Lakers are going to concede shots to their outside shooters because they do not shoot the ball well from deep. They've been shooting a little better lately. It's not convincing. Jared Vanderbilt is not convincing. Cam Reddish is not convincing from out there. Even Austin Reeves, who was two for three from deep in this game, he has not been consistent with the three ball this year. Going into this game, he's shooting 34%. And he shoots a decent chunk of them. Too many, in my opinion. D'Angelo Russell. You know, he's really a game changer for the Lakers, in my opinion. When he plays well, it gives him a huge boost. I would, I'm tempted to say he's the X factor for this team. He actually had, if you look at the stats, a good game. But I'm assuming all, I didn't even watch the fourth quarter. It was done. I'm assuming that a lot of these were in garbage time. He had 19 points in the game. Uh, Six assists on seven for 14 shooting and three for seven from three. That's very efficient in 27 minutes. Uh, But I didn't really get much from him, in my opinion. I didn't. Defensively, the Lakers didn't seem to concede D'Lo much on those switches. They hedged and recovered with him. But they got to do the same for Reeves. Like, it's time to stop acting like Reeves is a much better defender than D'Lo or anything like that. They're on the same level. They're not very good. And here's the problem. When, the, when you have a third option that's a one-way player, that one way needs to be contributing or they're just a negative that's taking away shots and possessions. They have to be creating good shots. And here's something I actually believe, and I have for a little bit now. I think D'Angelo Russell should start instead of Reeves and put Reeves back as a sixth man. I don't think Reeves looks to pass enough. I think he has a lot of tunnel vision and always looks to score in the pick and roll. He's not a bad passer, but I think D'Angelo Russell is a significantly better passer. I remember going to game, my first game I saw D'Lo play live was the 2017 season, Lakers against Detroit. And D'Lo threw some passes that, like, especially when you're there live, it stands out a little more. And I was like, man, he really can pass. And I still see in the pick and roll he and AD actually do have a good connection, and I feel like they get good shots in the pick and roll with AD and D'Lo. But Reeves, I feel like it always ends up being a Reeves floater, a Reeves step back, Reeves mid-range, occasionally a lob. I just don't think his passing variety is... It doesn't have as, as much of a variety of passes, seriously. I think D'Angelo Russell needs to start again, but the problem is it's hard to play them together because defensively they're not very good. As I said, they're one-way players and they're your third options. So if they're not contributing enough offensively, they're just going to be negatives. I think Austin Reeves also... I think the Lakers have honestly empowered him a little too much. He hasn't improved, in my opinion, uh, since last playoffs and the second half of last season. He hasn't. I think he's still good, but he hasn't taken any leap. And he's been given the biggest green light to me. I actually like Austin Reeves' game. But I'm starting to like it less and less. He was getting destroyed tonight. I'm not going to lie. He was getting destroyed. And the Lakers just left him on an island. And here's the funniest part. The Lakers think this is so naive. And it's not just Darvin Ham and his coaching staff that does this. A lot of people and fans believe it too. It's so stupid to me. They think that heavily sagging off their uh, defenders, heavily sagging off their man, loading up is going to work against guys that are mid-range and contested pull-up specialists. 
They don't, it, unless you really throw two bodies at them, you sitting at the elbow or is not always going to be like that effective when they can pull up from 18, from 15 before he, they see that second hand. Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, they all fall in this category. Now, what you do is you take away a paint touch. That's what you do. The problem is with certain guys like this, it doesn't really matter all the time. However, however, in the playoffs, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, it has come back to bite him in the past. But when you go to higher levels of excellence, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, that's why they were so difficult. You have to double them. You can't just load up. And see, that's that whole bullshit narrative about Michael Jordan that he didn't see load ups and multiple bodies. Like, no, he can stop on a dime and pull up and rise over the top of you. It doesn't matter. You have to throw two guys at him. You sitting behind three feet away waiting for him to go to you. It doesn't matter. When he, all he needs is one or two dribbles, sometimes no dribbles. That's why I like when Paul George catches the ball at the elbow, even LeBron. Because even if they send a second defender, you can just rise up over the top and you're already taking a fairly high percentage shot. Worst case scenario. So the Lakers are trying that load up so much so they look like a box in one. And they're just like, fuck it. I'm just going to pull up. No problem. Devin Booker, KD. I just thought they were very good. And then Bradley Beal. This was the best game I've seen. the big, And I've watched a decent chunk of Suns games this year. This is the best game that the big three played together. So if there's any silver lining Laker fans, I'd say... The Suns played like arguably their best game of the season. And it was on national TV. They lost the Lakers three times. They wanted to make a statement. But the Lakers, my issue is this. I just talked schemes and all this nonsense, right? And I say nonsense for a reason. There's no fight in this Laker team. Beating the Toronto Raptors by one point where the refs were giving you fairly generous calls at the end of the game is not a, a, a level. And beating the Clippers one time when you're on a four-game losing streak, that does not, ex, like, those are not championship habits. Here's the funniest part. The easy cop-out to talk to me about this is, you're a Clipper fan. What do you know about championships? I've lived in this city my whole life. I watched Kobe Bryant every single night. I've watched LeBron James more than every player, any player I've ever watched. I've watched him more than anyone. Number one, for sure. Number two would probably be like Chris Paul at this point, I would assume. But there's no doubt in my mind that the number one player I've watched in my life is LeBron James. Like, total games. I know what champ his championship teams have looked like. I know what every Laker championship team has looked like in this city since their 1972 team. This is not what they look like through 39 games. I was actually telling Laker fans to calm down when they were being so harsh in the beginning of the season. Nah, it's panic time. There has to be moves made. I said this team was a five seed going into the season, and I said they were not a championship team, but I said it's because AD and LeBron aren't as good as people think they are right now. And you know what? That take didn't actually age super well. The rest of the, the role players just actually aren't good enough. But I will say this. AD's the best player on this team. He is the best player on this team. I don't even want, I, I, I'm standing on that right now. It's, I, I see here's the funny part. In a month, I could change if LeBron starts going off. That's the craziest thing about him. But right now, it's very clear that AD's the best. And in the playoffs last year, AD was the best. His two-way impact is unmatched. Without AD, they look like a joke on defense. Like they already sometimes look like a joke defensively with him. But without him, they do not. They look like they wouldn't even, they, they look like they would not even be in the plan, honestly, without him in the games that they've played against, who was it, Houston, and I forget who else. It was terrible. Let me tell you this, though. I think there was the one game that they played against Miami that in Miami they actually competed. I forget if Miami was missing anybody that game, but let me just say this. These are not championship habits. Oh, I was going to say, Anthony Davis is a number one option, right, on this team. But he's not a number one option on a championship team. And it's because of the reason you see tonight. 
in the second half so often they don't even look to get him the ball even when he's cooking. That's on the coaching staff. That's on the other players on the team. And then Anthony Davis himself, this is why I say he's not a number one. You're shooting really well this season. You're averaging 25 points a game. Yell for the damn ball. I don't want to hear, well, the coach is going to get mad at him. Is this, here's the funniest part, right? I coached the game today. One, by the way, two and no. Shout out to my middle schoolers. They're the best. If one of them, especially one of my best players, told me, coach, I need the ball right now, or told another player that, I would smile and say, I like my best players being assertive. Because you need it sometimes. This pat and NBA players have way more leeway than kids in youth basketball. There are some coaches that are way more di- difficult to deal with than me. I'm a nice guy. You can't give me an excuse for Anthony Davis anymore. I think he's had a great season, by the way. I'm not picking on Anthony Davis. You guys that listen to me consistently know what I have to say about him. He's the best defender in the league. And he's been better offensively this year. But he's not aggressive enough. And that opening night against Denver, he had a donut in the second half. Here we are, game 39, not good enough in the second half. Playoff games in the conference finals, we said, I forget exactly which ones, but I believe one of them in LA, same thing. And LeBron is 40, 39 years old. He cannot play elite defense and playmake and close in a seven-game series and throughout an 82-game season. He cannot, and that is why before the season, I said he's not top 10, he's 11th. And that was not even counting Kawhi. You add Kawhi, I think he's 12th. But honestly, I, I, okay, you know what? No, I can't say that. I can't say that. I, I, don't, I have to stick with my, my beliefs, and that is I don't change my rankings until after the season. And I don't change my rankings in the middle of the season. But LeBron James to me was, a little out, was 11th place for me in players in the league, and I didn't count Kawhi because over an 82-game season, I do not feel like he is as effective as he was before. And even in the playoffs, I'm not taking him in the playoffs, I'm taking him over a lot of guys, but it wasn't. He, he had chances to close games last year, and they said it was his foot. This team is 19 and 20, and LeBron and AD have played almost every single game. The supporting cast has not been good enough. The coaching has not been good enough. LeBron and AD have been good enough, but they may not be good enough to win it all without a third star anymore. And D'Lo is not playing close to a star like he was in certain playoff games last year and in the second half of the season. And of course, at times as a Timberwolf and that 2019 season as a net. And I think you need to get a great version of D'Angelo Russell to get the best out of this team. So it's time to move him back to the starting lineup and let Reeves. Reeves wants to ball pound. He's a complete ball pounder. And he needs to do that in the second unit. Jared Vanderbilt. Oh, he had 29 minutes in this game, but I just, he looks scared to shoot. I like that he made that three and he was actually not as scared to shoot in this game, but defenses don't respect him. He can't put the ball on the floor. He needs to be better. He needs to be better. I don't even, I didn't even notice him defensively. What should the starting lineup be for this Laker team? Laker fans, let me know in the comments. I really don't know, but this game was, wasn't even close. And here's the craziest part. And Yusuf Nurkic was cooking too. Even Bol Bol was cooking. And I actually like what I've seen from Bol Bol so far this season. Uh, he got a nice offensive rebound in this game. A little fall away, block. But here's what I was going to say about the Lakers, right? I'm talking all this scheme shit. They're, as I said, their effort is poor. On offensive rebounds, when you have to recover to find a man, they're like just standing around watching. LeBron especially tonight. His effort sometimes, I know how old he is, but like it's, te- it's really a bad look. It's really a bad look sometimes. But that's the problem. If you have to rely on a 39-year-old to set the tone, that's a problem in itself, right? 
Torian Prince, funny enough, like, let's see what he finished at. He's actually shooting well. All right, see, not that great. 11 points, 6 rebounds on 4 for 10 shooting and 3 for 8 from 3. Cam Reddish had a donut, and then he was out of the game with knee soreness. Like, if the fact that you're relying on Cam Reddish so much to shut other guys down, that's just a flaw in itself. Jackson Hayes is a complete foul machine. He played 13 minutes, and he had 6 fouls. All he does is he come in and foul, and he got absolutely postered and gave Josh Okogie the highlight of his entire career that was, you know what though? I respect when a guy goes up for a block and just gets yammed on. It happens. Kareem, you're going to see once I get into the weeds with that. Not to diss on Kareem because that's my, my Muslim brother right there. Uh, and a UCLA, the, the UCLA GOAT, maybe the GOAT period. My boy Kareem, one thing I've noticed watching his tape, and you're going to see it when I do Dime Machine film, he got dunked on a lot, especially by Dr. J. <laughs> but Dr. J dunked on everybody. When you, have, when you have the ball in your hands, like it's a grapefruit, like Doc had, Pretty hard to block your shot. He's got such a grip on the ball. So, anyway. Yeah, I respect Jackson Hayes for just going up for the dunk and getting absolutely yammed on. But he's not a very good basketball player. And Christian Wood was sorely missed in this game. They needed some offense to get the defense set. And Christian Wood, he actually hasn't been that bad defensively this year. He's just not a very good defender. But he has not been bad. He really hasn't. Austin Reeves played 30 minutes. He had 13 points, 6 assists. Three turnovers on four for seven shooting. That's one thing I want to mention. The Lakers actually shot 50%, 38% from three. I would love to see those stats before the fourth quarter, though. They outscored the Suns 31 to 22 in the fourth, but the game was in the refrigerator, as the GOAT would say. They were it was 36-25 Suns after one. They were up 66 to 52 at the half. And then 39-26 third quarter in favor of Phoenix. That blew the game open. They were getting 30-piece at one point of the third. 30-piece. That 18-point loss, 127-109, don't let that fool you. Max Christie, I like his effort. You know, 14 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 turnovers, 4 for 8 shooting, 1 for 3 from deep. He was still getting cooked, though. I mean, he's the, and here's the sad part. He's one of the best uh, point-of-attack defenders the Lakers have. But he's young. He, like, if you're relying on Max Christie to be top two, three point of attack defenders in the playoffs, to win a championship, not just to win a series or two, to win the whole thing. I don't think people realize, every fan base, I don't think people realize what the difference is between going to the finals and actually winning. Actually winning is a, there's such a small margin for error. You know, my uncle, he's a big Laker fan, right? Started, and he's, he's not that much older than me. Cousin Showtime. He was on the podcast once. Very early. One of my highest viewed videos, by the way. That was a great video, Clipper Laker fan banter. And he said to me when I was young, and it's only been more true as time has gone, that because he started supporting the Lakers in the early 90s with the Lake Show, he witnessed about seven, eight years of no ring, which was kind of weird for the Lakers in that time period right after Magic. Now, I know that sounds so spoiled to fans of other teams. Like, what the fuck? Eight, only seven and eight years, and, he, and he's, like, panicking without a ring. But here's the thing, right? It had been 12 seasons without a championship. Lakers got swept by the Jazz in 98. They lost to the Spurs in 99. Lost the Jazz 97. Like, they had lost three straight years with Shaq. So, when they got over the hump, and they barely beat the Blazers in Game 7, that's what my uncle told me he knew... That winning a chip is so hard. And it's funny because they came back and won in 01 like it wasn't even a big deal. But 
championships are still hard. That Laker team, you know, that Laker team is just 01 is just maybe the best team of all time. Like they really are in that discussion for best single season team of all time to go 16 and one, or was it 15 and one in the playoffs? Cause it was best of five in the first round. And then the third year, I mean, that's a controversial ass 2002 conference finals, right? Like, I don't need to sit here talking about how hard Laker rings was. You get the point. It's so hard to win a ring. Health is a very lucky, you know, you need health too. Regular season and postseason. The Clippers, I've only learned as, as I've gotten older. This is my 19th year as a fan. Even as a fan of other teams, like the Rams. Like we got all these off, uh, midseason acquisitions and we just had really good luck health-wise. We played every single playoff game at home. Like, when in the NFL does that happen? We played every single playoff game at home for a Super Bowl win. That's not lucky. That's very lucky. There's a lot of luck involved in chips. And it's really hard to win. But you also need really good execution late with really specific players that can play certain minutes in those at those levels. If you need Max Christie to be top three point of attack defense on a championship team right now this season, I'm not saying he can't do it in the future, you are not winning this year. Cam Reddish is your top two point of attack defenders. Hell no. No, this team is, they've got to make a trade. They honestly do need a super team. They need a third star. They were talking about DeJounte Murray in the middle of a broadcast tonight. DeJounte Murray, I like DeJounte Murray. But I've heard from Hawks fans he's not been as good defensively this year. And he's not a respected three-point shooter on the catch. I don't care what he's shooting this year. They don't respect him from three like that. It's not going to solve the Lakers' issues. Like, and how, I mean, yeah, DeJounte Murray is better than D'Lo and, and Reeves. He's not a guaranteed all-star. There's plenty of guards in the West better than him. I think he's a good player, though. I love his mid-range game. <laughs> it's just, this is not going to solve the issues. I don't know if the Lakers can win a ring. With, uh, they got Who's a third star? Zach Levine? I honestly think Zach Levine would help more than DeJounte because I know they can't guard, but... It would be really nice to get more points that would set your defense a little bit more and maybe take a little offensive load off LeBron. That would send D'Lo or Reeves out the door. I don't know. Good thing I'm not a GM. Uh, I don't have to think about this stuff. But let's read the lines from the uh, duo, and then we'll go to the Suns. Anthony Davis, 13 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 3 turnovers on 6 for 11 shooting, 0 for 2 from 3 and 1 for 1 from the line. 11 shots in 32 minutes are the best player on the team, and you're, just, you're setting screens left and right without anything going through you in the second half. Absolute garbage performance, in my opinion. It's not good enough. LeBron James, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 9 assists, 4 turnovers, not even playing defense, 3 for 11 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3. Just completely didn't even give a fuck. A disgraceful performance in my eyes from him. Uh, I don't care that he's 30 year, uh, 39 years old. He's still a top 11 player in the league by my standards, and he should be held to that standard. Um, Austin Reeves, already it was just garbage. Everybody was garbage. They just keep letting Austin Reeves guard one-on-one -on, -one on an island. Um, no double team because they're afraid to double. Either way, it's bad. The Suns, I'm just going to read the big three. Actually, you know what? I'll, yeah, my man, Grayson Allen was one for six from three. That's the funniest part. Eric Gordon was, oh, good old EJ. One for nine from three. Oh, my God. Booker, 31 points, five rebounds, five assists, three steals. On 11 for 22 shooting and 2 for 6 from 3. 7 for 7 from the line. The, the Suns shot 21 for 23 from the line. Lakers 16 for 25. So only 64% from the foul line. LeBron 4 for 7. D'Angelo Russell 2 for 4. 
Kevin Durant. Wow, it's amazing he only had 18 points because it felt like he had way more. 18 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 1 block. He was excellent on both ends. 7 for 12 on the field, 2 for 5 from 3. Looked offended when Austin Reeves was guarding him. And then uh, Beal. Whew. I don't know if this was his highest scoring game as a son. Mods, can you check that for me? 37 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal. He was absolutely cooking. He shot 66% from the field and 80, I repeat, 80% from 3. 14 for 21 and 8 for 10 from 3. That's ridiculous. And he had a 3-point play for his 1 free throw made. Yusuf Nurkic had 9 points, 12 rebounds, 2 assists, and 1 steal. So he had a solid night as well. Rebounding, four offensive rebounds. The Suns had 13 offensive rebounds to the Lakers, seven. So even a big team like the Lakers looked small against the Suns. I just, they looked small. They looked slow. They looked disinterested. They looked like they're not even playing hard for their coach. Maybe it is time for a change. Thing is, when the players check out on you, that's it. I thought maybe with the last win against Toronto and the you know against the Clippers, they hadn't checked out, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the players. It's... 80% of it is the players to me. 20% in the roster construction. 20% is the coach. I always think it's always more the players in the NBA. Last thing, oh, the Lakers' turnovers were just atrocious, and they were getting destroyed on them as well. Um, 18 turnovers for the Lakers in the game. That's, it's going to be hard winning there. 28 points off of them. So, yeah, that's it for this one, guys. 127 to 109 Phoenix wins. Scores from around the league. The Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Nets tonight. I didn't watch, obviously, but they are 22-15, uh, and 15, and they're without Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. Donovan Mitchell is playing at a really high level, and people aren't really talking about it enough. I'm going to do a halfway point of the season episode, guys, I promise. Talk about every team. Um, but he's playing really, 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 really well right now, and people aren't really giving him credit. He's so great in the regular season. And then Jared Allen's also been playing really well, and the Nets are just kind of showing how mediocre they really are. Um, they're below, honestly, below average. They're, they, man, they've lost seven of their last eight games. That's tough. I remember them being around 500 the last time I checked. Then OKC crushed Portland. That's not news. New York, they finally lost with OG Adenobi, lost to the Mavs. I heard Kyrie had a big game. And then I watched the run in which Milwaukee smacked the Celtics. It, that showed me, it doesn't change my pick that the Celtics are the best team in the East, but it shows me that the Bucks they still have another level that they can reach. It took that loss to Utah to bring that out of him. And I liked how Giannis was so adamant about how much the team needs to be better. <laughs> he was like, uh, leadership needs to be better. IQ needs to be better. I got to be better. Damian Litter needs to be better. It's so funny, man. So I love Giannis. The way he talks is so funny. He's got a f great accent. But, um, yeah. great. Perf I mean, that's an amazing 33-point win over the Celtics. Whew. That was impressive. So, I still think the Celtics are better, spoiling Drew Holiday's return. I think the Celtics are still better, the team to be in the East, but, man, the Bucks. I don't know. That, that showed me something. That did show me something. So, it's going to be interesting to see going forward. I'm going to do a halfway point episode to talk about every single team because I really have been watching. Eh, I've been watching, but I've been paying attention. Let's just put it that way. And I can't, it's hard for me to watch every game. I'm a very busy guy these days. But, anyway, I do like talking about other teams, and I want to have a halfway point check for everyone all right guys that's it for me in this one uh thank you for listening now we're gonna go to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat next episode let's think we're playing the grizzlies tomorrow on the road so i think i'll be live after the game tomorrow clippers clipper fans you already know what it is now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat super chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar a dime peace